0: Good morning, Grace.
1: Good morning, Grace. We missed you guys. Welcome back.
0: Thank you. Somebody said welcome back. Good to be back. So we thanks are... Thanks
1: for holding the fort. What's that? I said thanks for holding the fort. <laughs> yeah. While we
2: were gone. Uh,
0: it is good to be back. I wanted to start just by saying thank you. Um, for the last few years, uh, we've uh, had this rhythm of taking some extended time in August, both as a sabbatical... And a bit of a chance for us to rest and reconnect and get charged for uh, the fall season. And it's a gift that we get to do that uh, each year. Uh, This year in particular was just a whole lot of fun. We loved it. So uh, I thought maybe I'd start by just asking Meg, what was your favorite part?
1: Well, I don't know if it's my favorite part, but maybe the most memorable part. Um, <laughs> we were in Grand Haven, and there's a long pier that goes out into Lake Michigan, and there's boulders on both sides of the pier. And Doug and I were walking on the boulders with our um, five-year-old granddaughter, Caitlin.
0: And she was walking. We were just making sure she didn't fall well, through yeah, the Caitlin crack.
1: Yeah, Caitlin was kind of... Doug was up high, and I was down low. We were walking, and I mean... I went, slap down on the rocks, that's how I hurt my hand, and my brand new iPhone slid out of my pocket and went, dro- dropped into Lake Michigan. If Through you want to see Doug move fast, with $900 sliding into Lake Michigan, <laughs> first he said, are you okay? And I said, yes. And... Um, he did like this skateboarder move down the boulder, slid down before I knew what was going on, and his head and his hands were la- in, in the lake. And um, anyway, my hero, he saved my iPhone. And um,
0: <laughs> It's all about money. <laughs> yeah.
1: he, didn't know was, he didn't know I was as hurt uh, as... Oh, well, I didn't know I was hurt. I was like, you're okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm okay. But um, yeah, you're my hero. Thanks, babe.
0: It was fun. Oh, you didn't continue the rest of the story. What? Lost your sunglasses right oh, after then that. Then I
1: fell again. Yeah, I wasn't gonna share that part.
0: Oh, sorry. Yes, it was <laughs> a good. Then I
1: wiped out again, and my sunglasses went. In, but he didn't find those, and I couldn't find those. But
0: it was a great vacation.
1: It was a great vacation. We had so much fun with our kids and just hanging out. And thank you so much. And just being, in, you know, God's country. Yeah. It was good.
0: So we're going to talk about the Psalms in general. We're going to talk about Psalm 121. But there's a couple more uh, invitations we wanted to put out there. Uh, We have something coming up uh, real soon called Grief Share, which Mm -hmm. I could not endorse anymore. Uh, We hear nothing but good things about how this is ministered to people at like Grace. So why don't you tell people a little bit about grief share? Yeah,
1: this is an opportunity to journey with others um, in your grief. And this morning I bumped into Linda Navalis in the parking lot. Uh, many of you know Linda, she works in our children's program, and she lost her husband, Gene, who was on the security team here um, early in the pandemic to COVID. Yeah, and uh, she said to me, Meg, today would have been Gene's 70th birthday. So it just reminded me, you know, of how important it is. Um, so many of us have had some deep losses uh, to gather together and um, journey with one another uh, through your yeah. grief. So you can sign up for it online or get more information at the counter. Yeah.
0: So it's, it could be recent. It could be COVID-related. It could be a child. It could be a parent. It could be a just a close one. friend, a loved one. Mm-hmm. So you're still just trying to uh, navigate that? Is it's just a great tool to help people to walk through their grief in a way uh, that's helpful. Uh, we also have something coming up called Party with the Pastor. Woot woot. Always seems like is I should say. We house? should just change that to the name Party with is the that Pastor. What Kevin woot, always woot.
1: Says, woot woot.
0: Uh, probably with a little more energy. <laughs> anyway, uh, Party with the Pastor is coming up. It's uh, at our house. It's just a dinner uh, for people who are new or newer that we haven't had a chance to meet or you haven't had a chance to meet, chance to meet some of the other staff. Uh, that come so it 's a way for us to get to know you, you to get to know us, but just importantly it 's a way for you to get to know some other new people, so you have some camaraderie and friendships if you 're coming in the door, and then we also have something coming up uh, called Discover Grace, which is kind of just an orientation to who we are as a church uh, if you 're new at all it 's just a great way for you to uh, understand what we believe, why we do church, the way we do church. Um, It is part of the membership process. So if you're thinking about membership, you have to take it. But if you're even not thinking about membership and just want to know more, uh, both those events include a dinner. So we just need to know that you're coming. Best way to do that is just walk out those doors, stop at the information counter, and tell them that you're coming. And then um, you can also do that online. It's a great way. If you're watching online, just, you know, Search our website and you can find all of that. So we are going to talk about a particular psalm in a moment. But before we do that, I wanted to give Megan an opportunity just to talk about the psalms in general.
1: Well, we were talking about it together, just the psalms, you know, especially when you're in a storm or, you know, you're feeling desperate. The psalms can be a lifeline. Um, You know, just the deep emotions expressed by the psalmist. I know it can make me feel like I have, you know, a soul companion. And the people who have written this psalm, it's like, oh, someone gets it. Someone knows where i at. Someone's just kind of hanging on, you know, by the skin of their teeth to God, you know, with me. Um, I can think of a few times in particular that the psalms have intersected with my life in memorable and, and faith-deepening ways. One was, um, gosh, 25-plus years ago. We had four young children. And... I was struggling big time with depression and anxiety, and we were having a major crisis in our marriage, and I basically felt incompetent and unlovable, just a mess. And one night when I was lying in bed, I just felt like God was telling me to get up and read Psalm 139, and I was a newer believer. I didn't know what Psalm 139 was. So I grabbed my Bible went into the bathroom and Turn, turned on the light, sat on the floor and I read Psalm 139 and I was just blown away because it's all about how God formed us. You know, how he knit us together. How there's nowhere we can go to flee from his he presence. He knows everything
0: about you and he He loves knows you. everything.
1: Every thought we've ever had and, um, you know, there's just nothing we can do that would ever make God stop loving us. And at the time, I was just so pivotal in my healing um, and in our healing together. Sure. Um, another... Um, really memorable time for me is when my dad was in hospice and he was in a hospice house and I was staying in his room with him and when my siblings weren't there I would read through the Psalms, just page the Psalms and read them aloud to my dad and this one day I opened the Psalms to uh, Psalm 116 and I was reading it to my dad and there's a verse in Psalm 116 that says precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints and I just you know Just stopped reading and let that soak in. And then I said to my dad, "Um, dad, did you hear that? How precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. That's you, dad. You're one of his saints. And, um, you know, within moments, my dad took his last breath. And that was just such a huge kiss from God um, for me because it was so comforting. And to know that those were some of the last words my dad heard. Um, sweet. Yeah. Yeah, and so many more. um.
0: Yeah, and we've said it a few times, and I think it's worth saying again. The Psalms are a lifeline when you're going through a difficult season. They're awesome all the time. It's not like you have to wait until the crisis hits. As a matter of fact, reading through the Psalms when things aren't a crisis helps you to apply the Psalms when things are a crisis. So I hope that you've dove in over the the summer and that you've been doing the summer reading plan. It's just a great way to kind of immerse yourself in the Psalms. But this morning we're going to talk about Psalm 121, Psalm 121, and it's a Psalm that you actually picked. So why don't you just talk about what attracted you to the Psalm? Why are we talking about it today? Besides the fact that you asked me if we could talk about it today. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Uh, So um, last spring during Lent, when we do morning chapel, um, we wrap up the hour in chapel by doing communion and um, a devotional. And that morning, Doug did a devotional on Psalm 121. And there's a phrase in Psalm 121 that says, the Lord is your keeper. And for whatever reason, that phrase, the Lord is your keeper, just captured my heart that morning and um you know i've thought of god as my shepherd my healer you know my father but i don't think i'd ever really thought about him as my keeper and doug encouraged us you know stay in that psalm for the rest of the week just sit with it and let god speak to you well i couldn't get out of the psalm i couldn't let go of it i thought i need to memorize this psalm so i have it in my heart and i had the sense that um god was saying to me i want you to talk about this psalm this summer so, kind of on the sly as Doug was preparing for summer in the Psalms, I said to him, so um, what Psalms are you preaching on this summer? And he told me you know, Psalm 121 wasn't one of them. I said, well, what's Carl preaching on? What's John preaching on? <laughs> what's Big right? No one was preaching on Psalm 121. So, um, before we left for vacation, I said, I think God wants me to talk about Psalm 121. He said, let's do it. And then I said, "Well, when you're preaching on a psalm, where do you start? Because I have no idea, you know, where to start." He said, "Well, usually, I read a psalm, I sit with it, and I, you know, wait for a phrase to shimmer or for God to, you know, have a couple verses emerge." And so I thought, "Okay, I'll do that." So I did that for a couple weeks, and nothing was emerging. And I thought, "Um, "Does God want me to preach this psalm?" And then I read this quote, and, um, you know, it, be, it crystallized for me. You want to read the quote? Yeah,
0: the quote is from a guy named Samuel Pierce. He says, every word in this psalm is calculated to encourage and strengthen our faith and hope in God.
1: That's it. You know, that was the light bulb moment. I said, oh, God, you're not bringing a specific phrase to the surface because every word is calculated to encourage us, to increase our faith and our hope in God. And so I think God wants us to talk about every word of the psalm. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about the
0: Psalm verse by verse. So uh, we're going to read Psalm 121 together as we've done throughout this series. I'm just going to invite you to stand. And uh, Meg's going to lead us in a communal reading. If you're at home, I encourage you to stand and read along out loud as well. Um, But it's going to come up on the screen. You can follow along on the slides. But Meg is going to lead us in a communal reading of Psalm 121.
1: My help comes from the Lord, a song of ascents. The Lord, the Lord will keep, keep you from, from all, all evil. evil. He will keep, keep your life. life. The, the Lord, Lord will keep, keep your going in. out and your You're coming, coming in from this, this day forth for and forevermore. forevermore.
0: Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for uh, Summer in the Psalms. Thank you for the gift of the Psalms and how they minister to us. And Lord, I just pray in these next few minutes uh, that you would speak through us, that you would speak a word through your Holy Spirit to each person in this room. Uh, We pray that people would leave different than they came because they've interacted with the living God. Thank you for this place. Thank you for this church. Thank you for your presence in this building. And uh, we just thank you for the opportunity to talk a little bit about Psalm 121. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So if you would uh, grab your Bibles, your electronic readers, whatever you use um, to follow along, if you're taking notes, that would be great. I encourage you to take some notes. Uh, We are going to look at this passage, this. uh, uh, chapter of, of psalms verse by verse. Um, but I wanted to share a quote from Charles Spurgeon. Charles Spurgeon says that this psalm, Psalm 121, is a soldier's song and a traveler's hymn. And that phrase, that, that quote has been helpful to me as I've studied this psalm to remember that this psalm is critical in the midst of a battle critical to help you when you're really feeling attacked. But it's also a psalm for a lifetime. It's a psalm to you carry with you, as John was saying in the worship set. It's a psalm that gets us from here to where God is taking us in the end. So it's a soldier's song and a traveler's hymn. And it starts with verse one that says, I lift up my eyes to the hills from where does my help come from? You want to talk about that?
1: Yeah. Um So what I was thinking about is a lot of times in poetry or even in paintings that hills can symbolize obstacles. And uh, at the beginning of the Summer in the Psalms series, you know, Doug was talking about the Psalms and how uh, many of them are actually songs. And to read them through different keys. So to read them through the key of D, which would be the key of David. And I thought about um, David when he was fleeing from Saul in the hills of En-Gedi. And when we were in Israel, we walked through the hills of En-Gedi, and there's just, you're just surrounded by hills. There's hills everywhere, and you mm-hmm. imagine David in there. And I just thought of David, you know, like, you know, lifting his eyes to the hills and just remembering, I'm in this terrible situation, but I'm surrounded by God, and God is my help. And then you said to look at them through the, the key of E, which would be the exiles. And I thought about the exiles who were in Babylon, and they were there for 70-ish years. They were captive, and for them to be surrounded by hills, and knowing Jerusalem that was, you know, so close to their heart was way over all of those hills, and just to be looking up to those hills and thinking, you know, that God is my help, and... Um, the key of C, which is Christ. I'll talk about that later. And then the key of M, which is the key of me to personalize the psalm. And as I was thinking about I thought, well, I don't live in hill country. We don't, we don't live in hill country. But um,
0: Pretty flat when around we were here.
1: hiking through the sand dunes this summer, um, at one point I noticed we were in this valley and a, the psalm came to mind. And so I just kind of turned around a couple of times and looked at the hills and I thought, Oh, I get it. It's, it's that I lift my eyes to the hill. I'm surrounded by God. Wherever I am, I'm surrounded by God. Just, just lift up my head, you know, yeah. and look.
0: I wrote in my journal when I was uh, first studying the psalm uh, that the opening words are a simple yet profound choice. And then I wrote, I need to choose to look up, right? I need to make mm-hmm. a choice to look to Jesus. I may, need to make a choice every day to look to God or I will find myself looking elsewhere for my help or my comfort or my peace. So there is this beautiful picture that the psalm starts with. with The psalmist making a choice. I choose to look up. I choose to look to, to God and nowhere else for my help and for my comfort. And then verse 2 says, my help comes from the Lord who made the heavens and earth.
1: I love the bigness of this promise. Um, I... I and probably, um, I guess I would call myself a naturalist. There's no place I'm more worship, worshipful than when I'm outside. I, I, mean, I love worship music and I love coming to church. And um, but when I'm outside, you know, either hiking or on our paddle boards, I, I feel looking like at just a waterfall. Looking at a waterfall, I, saw I feel a lot like of those. worship just oozes, yeah, you know, sure. out of my being. And so to think that the one who made heaven and earth, the one who made All things seen and all things unseen. Like there's so much beauty that we can't even see. He's our help. That's mind-blowing to me.
0: Yeah. I wrote that the the helper lacks nothing. Right? I look to God. I look up. I look to the hills for God that's my help. and, And he is the creator. He lacks nothing. The one with just a word spoke everything into existence. That same Big God is the one who promises in the psalm to help you in particular. And then I just uh, continued that thought in my journal. And I was just thinking about the fact that how often I look to the created and not mm-hmm. to the creator. I look to people. I look to uh, politicians. I look to money. I look to, and there's just a whole list of things that I find myself gravitating towards and looking towards for comfort or for help. And the psalm is reminding us, no, no, don't look to the created. Rather, look to the creator who lacks nothing. His arm is not too short to help you. Uh, verse three says, he will not let your foot be moved. And this is where I really began to apply that idea that this is a psalm that's written, as a, it's a soldier's song and a traveler's hymn. But you think about uh, the ancient world and you think about battles. Battles were hand-to-hand combat, you know, using primitive weapons and having a, a solid foundation, a firm footing was critical to success in hand-to-hand combat. As a matter of fact, if you slipped, if you fell, you would probably, meet your doom, most likely. It was a kiss of death, if you will, to lose your footing. So you think about the writer of this, and if it's David that's writing, and we're not really sure that need to say, I, I need a firm footing. But if you even think about the people of God traveling, traveling through Israel, where it's hilly and it's rocky, this idea that God is promising to give us a firm footing, a place where our feet can be firm. So whether you're in the battle or not in the battle, you need to have a firm foundation. You need to be able to journey with God in a way that is Steady and firm, and then it says, "He who keeps you will not slumber." Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. One of the quotes that I've read was I was studying this is from a guy named McMichael, and he says, "We sleep in safety because God is ever." Awake, And I love that. And I also just love the fact that there is this beautiful promise that we in current days can see fulfilled. Behold, he who keeps Israel, he who keeps the people of God, the Jewish people. And here we are. Uh, centuries, centuries later and the people of God are still the people of God. The Jewish people still exist as a people group. And I'm not talking about Israel, the land, the, the geographically. Um, we can talk about that sometime. But I'm talking about the, the people that are the Jews. The very fact that the Jewish people still exist as a people group is a testament to God. Probably no other people group has been as persecuted as the Jewish people. But they still exist. They still thrive. And it's a fulfillment of this promise. Behold. He who keeps Israel. And then we, as followers of Jesus, are grafted in. We become children of God. We become adopted children of God. We become part of this promise. God promises to keep us as the people who are grafted into the people of Israel. I just love that. Mm Do you want to talk a little bit about it?
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, two things came for mind to me when I think about, you know, he who keeps you will not slumber. Um, I thought about Jesus sleeping on the boat when he was with the disciples on the boat and the storm was raging and the the disciples were fearful and I would have been too in that situation and Jesus was sound asleep and I think it's because he knew his father was awake. His father was awake and had everything under control and was taking care of them. And the other thing that resonates with me is the intimacy and the inclusiveness of this promise. It says, he who keeps you will not slumber. He who keeps you, Zippy, will not slumber. You know, he who keeps you, Leisha, will not slumber. Um, and then he who keeps your family will not slumber or sleep. He who keeps this church will not slumber or sleep. He who keeps Detroit will not slumber or sleep. The promise is for us. Yeah, yeah. one-on-one. And the promise is for everyone. It's right. inclusive. It's
0: was individual. And it's corporate. That's Mm -hmm. a beautiful piece of the way it's written. Verse 5 says, the Lord is your keeper. And that's the phrase that kind of drew you into the psalm. Talk about keeper for just a minute.
1: So um, a keeper is someone who takes care of someone or something. um, uh, Takes responsibility for someone or something. And you might think of it like a zookeeper. Uh, or the keeper of a collection that is at a museum. And um, in the scripture, there were keepers. During temple times, there was the keeper of the gates, the keeper of the king's vineyard, the keeper of the king's forest, the keeper of the king's wardrobe. And um, God is our keeper. He takes care of us. And I thought there were a couple of verses in particular in scripture that exemplify this. Psalm 8-4, I think it will come up on the screen. What is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him? God takes care of us. 1 Peter 5, 7. Casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. We can cast our anxieties on God because he cares for us. And um, I was thinking about another place we see the word keeper and it's a story that's probably familiar to a lot of us is um, when Cain killed his brother Abel and uh, God asked Cain, where's your brother? And Cain answered with a question. Am I my brother's keeper? Well, and then God dealt with Cain, but as I thought about that, I thought the answer to Cain's question was yes. um, We are our brother's keeper. Cain was his brother's keeper. We are our brother's keeper because we're made in the image of God. And God takes care of us, and and he asks us to take care of one another. So I have a couple verses that um, I thought applied to that. Hebrews 13, 1 through 3. Let brotherly love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Remember those who are in prison as though in prison with them and those who are mistreated, since you also are in the body. And 1 Peter 3, 8 finally all of you have unity of mind sympathy brotherly love a tender heart and a humble mind and then looking at that um, that title of god as as our keeper and thinking about jesus i thought that is the jesus was the ultimate example of being a keeper taking care of us and taking responsibility for our actions because that's what jesus did on the cross He went to the cross as an atoning sacrifice, taking responsibility for our sins and reconciled us to God. I mean, if that's not the ultimate example of being taken care of. And we are
0: called to live like Christ. And we are called to live
1: like Christ. That's
0: great. The next phrase says, The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. And I think this is just a continuation of what the psalmist is saying. The, The one who created everything, the one who lacks nothing, the one who doesn't sleep... Or slumber, day or night, in sunshine or in at the moon, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is watching out for you. The Lord is there for you. It's just this beautiful picture that there is there is no time or place where God does not see you, where God does not want to walk with you, where God does not want to bring this this protection as you will. And the idea of shade, if you think about it again in the in the ancient world, in the context of writing the psalm, uh, it's a, there's deserts there and the sun is could be a death sentence right if yeah. you could not find mm-hmm. relief from the sun people die in the desert so there's this picture when they talk about shade in the bible most often it's an imagery of protection but to find mm-hmm. relief from the the pressure in the in the the intense sunshine to get in a place where there's shade where there's mm-hmm. comfort where there's relief from that that intensity so so god doesn't sleep god doesn't slumber god uh, is there for you he creates protection for you day and night 24/7.
1: Yeah, Psalm 91, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High. Yeah, the yeah. shade. Um, was I going to say something more? You are. Yeah, oh, I was, yes. <laughs> so uh, I've been reading a book this summer about um, the migration of former slaves and former slaves' children from south to the north or the south to the west. And... Um, in this book, it talks about how Psalm 121 was a favorite of many former slaves. Slaves and former slaves. Pardon?
0: Slaves and former slaves.
1: Um, yes, yeah, slaves and former slaves. Um, in particular, as they traveled, because they weren't guaranteed lodging along the way. They weren't guaranteed that they would be able to eat in restaurants along the way. And to think to have this... Psalm as a reminder that on the journey, God is with them. If they had to sleep in their cars, God was their safety, God was their shade, their protection. Um, and also when they were, you know, would be working in the fields um, from, you know, sun up to beyond sundown, um, to 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 be in that kind of oppressive situation and to be thinking about, you know, the sun will not strike me by day because God is with me, God is my help. I can mm-hmm. only imagine. Um, only imagine how you know you would draw strength from that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just think the the Psalms are true, whether we feel it or not. And when you start to read a Psalm from the perspective of the exile, or from the perspective of being enslaved and working in the cotton fields or I mean there's all kinds of applications. The psalm is still true and sometimes the only thing that you can hold on to is the truth of scripture. It may not feel like you want it to feel. You may be walking through the valley of the shadow of death and you'll have to remind yourself, but you are with me and you will comfort me, right? So we apply the Psalms even when it doesn't feel like it. So there's, that's the value of reading it in different keys. That's the value of reading the Psalm in the key of D and thinking about David's perspective, but read it in the key of, of E, the exiles or the oppressed or the persecuted because the Psalms have so much more life and so much more meaning as we do that. Verse seven says, the Lord will keep you from all evil. Evil, he will keep your life. And here's what I want to clarify in this one. I think it's easy to read the psalm and think that this is some kind of prosperity promise. The Lord will keep you from evil. He's going to, you know, have you live healthy and happy and wealthy the rest of your life. But that is not what it's saying at all. As a matter of fact, you will experience evil. Right, if you live in this world, you are going to, at some point or another, see evil, interact with evil, come in contact with evil. We it's all, all have around a us. All the
1: level of suffering and Right, there, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, at it,
0: You will bump into uh, things that are that are hard and difficult. What this is talking about is actual behavior. That is sinful. The Lord will keep you from sin. He will create a way for you to stay on the right path. That's what the the psalm is saying. The Lord will keep you from evil. It's a passage that's saying no temptation has seized you. Right no temptation has overcome you. you have a path to walk in the right way with God that's a theme throughout the entire psalms that God will create a way for you to walk faithfully with him and here's the deal he will keep you from evil but he will not hear this church he will not remove your freedom of choice because to do that would be manipulation it would be convulsion we, we don't follow God out of out of out of out of out of having to. God gives us a freedom of choice. So he's going to keep you from evil. He's always going to create a path for you to walk right with him. But you have all of the ability to step off the path. You can choose evil. You can choose to make poor decisions. You can choose to walk into a, a sinful circumstance. And when you do... He will bring all kinds of havoc, all kinds of difficulty. I think about even as I'm talking about. I think about Brother Rob's talk, and he just talked about how we respond to sin, how we respond to God when we sin. Do we come back to him humbly? There's this, this beautiful picture that God has created a path for you to walk rightly with Him, and if you're not walking right, it's be, it, you are never sinning because it's just too much for you to handle the temptation was just too much. I have people come and sit with me in the office and you know their their position is well I just couldn't help myself. Yes you can. As a follower of Jesus, the promises of Scripture, He will create a way for you to walk rightly with Him. He will keep you from evil. So it's a, it's a beautiful picture of walking right with God.
1: Yeah, we have to lift our eyes. It's up lift to your eyes. Keep your eyes focused eyes and on lift Jesus. To God yep, for, help. for
0: sure. And then the final verse is verse 8 The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. And it's just that same theme, right? Day and night. 24 hours a day, the Lord who is the creator of all things, the one who lacks nothing, the one who, who created everything is with you day and night, 24-7, seven days a week, going out or coming in. He will be with you now and he will be with you forevermore. There's There's another quote by Spurgeon that I just think is a great way to kind of uh, begin to bring this thing to a close. But listen to these words. He says, none are so safe None are so safe or or protected as those whom God keeps, Mm. but none so much in danger as the self-sufficient. It's a beautiful picture. Mm -hmm. You want to wrap things up?
1: Yeah, I just want to say, be encouraged. (laughs) I'll I'll, I'll reread that quote that we started with. Every word in this Psalm, in Psalm 121, is calculated to encourage you, And strengthen your faith and your hope in God. Let every word of this psalm sink in. That the Lord is your keeper. And something I read in a commentary said, this is a psalm that is for you from your first breath to your final breath. Hmm. Every word of it. Just lifting our head, seeing God, allowing Him to take care of us. Staying on the journey, trusting in Him. Be encouraged.
0: Amen. There's a group of people that pray for you before the service starts. I thought it was interesting as I looked at it. So many of what we prayed for or what they heard as they prayed for you fit so much into this psalm that there's an invitation today to encounter God, to encounter more of the Holy Spirit, Uh, that there is uh, some who just feel a sense of oppression or maybe even a leading into something that you shouldn't be doing. And we would love to pray for you for that. Uh, Some of you just need strength to say no was one of the things we heard. The other thing that they heard in the uh, for the nine o'clock service which I just think applies is that there's uh, a, some who are either teachers or students who are just feeling a sense of fear or intrepidation about going back uh, into the classroom or even back into the homeschooling situation if that's what you're doing and we would love to just have an opportunity to pray for you. If you are a teacher and just feel like you need a little extra prayer covering I encourage you to either uh, phone in if you're online you can just call, dial the number that's on your screen they'll put you in with somebody to pray for for you, Or if you're here in the building, come down. We have some prayer people that could meet with you and pray for you as well. Um, just want to encourage you. That wraps up Summer in the Psalms. But next week, we're going to start a series called Relationship Matters. And we're going to just talk about the importance of relationship, how to have healthy relationships, uh, how God uses relationships in our lives to take us to where he wants us to go. And we're going to do that by unpacking and understanding the book of Philippians. Paul has this very unique and powerful uh, relationship with the people of Philippi, and it comes through loud and clear that that they are his intimate friends. And even though Paul writes this letter from uh, being imprisoned, if you read the the the, in, in the between the lines, what he's saying is. Even though I'm here, your friendship has been critical to my journey with God as I've been through this. And we can all relate to that as we've been through hard times. It's the relationships around us that help point us Mm -hmm. towards God that make all the difference. So we're going to unpack that and we're going to talk about that uh, for the next eight weeks. So I encourage you even now maybe to start reading in Philippians. Uh, We have some studies that small groups can use Mm -hmm. uh, in Philippians that uh, Meg can recommend. So if you're a small group leader, you can just get a hold of Meg and she can point you towards some studies if that's what your group wants to do. Uh, But we're going to get into it. And
1: if you're not in a group, I'd love to help you get connected in one.
0: That too. (laughs) All right. You want to pray for us and wrap it up?
1: Sure. Father, I thank you so much for this morning, which is now this afternoon, and uh, giving us this time to be here and um, just learn more about your heart. I especially want to lift up uh, families and families with children in schools and Um, everyone in our church who is involved in the school systems as uh, we go back to school this week. And I just thank you that your hand is on all of it, Father, and um, ask that you remind us to lift our gaze to you and allow you to show us the way, help us to be a loving presence in every opportunity that presents itself. And uh, we thank you, Father, that um, you love us that you guide us and we are putting our trust in you. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. Thank you for being here this morning. Thank you for tuning in if you were online. Uh, We look forward to uh, seeing you next week as we jump into Philippians. God bless you. Have a great day.
1: Have a great week.
2: I need you to make a way as you have done so many times. Through a window and open door, I stretch my hands to be Come rescue me! I need you right away. I need. Another minute Not an hour Of another day But Lord I need you Right away If I never needed you Searching the world trials that come to make me strong